Hello and welcome to the Pro Detailer Podcast. We have celebrity guest Ram of Colourlock here today. How are you doing today, Ram? Very, very good. So happy to see you guys. It's been such a long time, I think, uh, since we've met face you. to face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it has been. It's been a good time. We've also got Ian here, obviously. Hello there. Hello there. Hello, Hello. there. Oh. <laughs> Mr. Sealy. Particularly predatory today. Yes. <laughs> the pink, out, pink outfit. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, I've only just noticed that. It, it, is, it is closed off Thursday, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm in my t shirt. I thought you looked below the table. <laughs> um, Ram, you, we, we've known each other for many, many years. We've, we've been, Which um, is impossible because he always looks about 26. It is unfair. You are, you are, uh, it's you, eternally youthful. You're my age, aren't you? 37. Yeah. Oh, no, you're in stage then. Yeah. 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 I'm still the youngest in the room. You are. Um, and uh, yeah, no, we've been all over. We went, we drove to Germany together. You and I, God, that was a, that was a while back. Yeah. That was yeah, a great cuddled trip up in the back. We, yeah. I wouldn't say cuddled up. It just you so were spooning at one. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was, there was a, a motorway. That, yeah. You know. We were in the back of a leather clad German. It was just uncomfortable when you woke up and yeah, it's a, who took the photos? You or hey. James? Can't, can't be James. He was driving. Yeah, he, he was. I he, hope it was. He was James. trying to hold onto the vibrating <laughs> steering wheel. Oh yeah, the brakes are warped, hadn't they? Yes. Yeah, they were fine before we started driving it, and then suddenly they break, and then I go and spend fifteen hundred euros on new brake discs. <laughs> that was a good trip, though. That it was, was fun. Uh, yeah, it was yeah, good I fun. think uh, what was it? You picked me up, I think. With, with the red light. The sort of thing that happened to me every Friday night. Yeah, with the red, yeah, that's true. It was literally on the street corner. Yeah. And then, yeah. Roxanne was playing in the background. <laughs> and you remember walking into that German Audi dealership and I'd phoned ahead and said that we've got a problem with the thing. And they were like, yes, yes, yes. We speak English. And I was like, yeah, you didn't say what I was saying. <laughs> and then we walk in there and we've got, there are four of us and we're waving GoPros around and cameras around going, ah, oh, Fritz est kaput, Fritz oh est kaput. <laughs> and the look on the whole dealership, all these meat jobs and, and they were terrified of us. And then I took the mechanic out and showed him uh, Fritz's brake calipers, which is, so he's a D2SH should have little four pot Brembos on. Mm -hmm. He had big eight pot R six brakes or I was four brakes on um and two-piece discs and he was looking at me and he says this is d2 this brake is not what what and he was blowing his little head and he said if i order new discs and he was trying to get me to buy new calibers and discs to return it to standard s8 stock for probably a billion euros i was like no, just this is from an rs6 just get that from an rs6 it just does not compute um god that trip was mental yeah no that's yeah. bonkers um but speaking of trips Mm. Um, you are technically Colourlock UK and North America mm -hmm. yeah. um, and uh, as such you have been looking for years about you've been over to America many many times building up yeah. the kind of the Colourlock American empire yeah. and um, travelling it kind of fits quite well with you because you're I mean just briefly going back in time into the mists of time all the 80s mm. um, you were born in Mumbai that's correct yeah Mumbai India and how old were you when you were sort of sent out into the world I was 14 and a half and you were sent to the Isle of Man of all places I was sent to the Isle of Man. So I left Mumbai when I was 14 and a half, got a scholarship, uh, moved to the Isle of Man when I was 14 and a half, which was, a, yeah, it was, a, it was a big change. Yeah, what was a, was a scholarship in motorbike riding? I mean, what else did they do in the Isle of Man? <laughs> Ta tax evasion? No, no, it was, it was hospitality, hospitality and tourism. Okay. So I remember um, when I just sort of cleared my um, um, schools in, in India, I was... I was good academically, but mm -hmm. I didn't really have any desire to sort of yeah. carry on and persevere um, with it. So um, that's what my father said. Look, why don't you try hospitality? You don't have to study that much. Mm. It's mostly practical stuff. It's just smiling and cursing. Smiling, cursing, yeah. you know, be nice and, you know, just bring a few plates of food out. Yeah. Um, so, so I said, yeah, well, I'll give that a try. And then there was some... Um, kind of examination or a scholarship or a test or whatever that I had to clear. It was cocktail mixing, wasn't it? Cocktail mixing. That it was, was cocktail, yeah, yeah, you know. I was already into that by then. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, clear that. And then I just, you know, I, I think it, the whole process literally just took about two and a half months. Oh. So it was summer holidays, literally during that, that, that was when I got my test done. Yeah. Um, did, you, did you meet a dance instructor? No, you start doing the... No, no I've gone dirty dancing. What are we talking about? If he does a little bit twisted when you start to insert ram into the Jennifer Grey role. No. <laughs> Got to be careful how you say insert ram. Insert ram. <laughs> well, yeah. Insert and or ram. <laughs> so it's like the instructions on the back of a tonal. Um, so uh, that was pretty cool. And why, of all places, the Isle of Man? I mean, it doesn't strike me. I know they have hotels on there, but... It, it's... No, there, was a, there was quite a reputed college 
at the time uh, in the Isle of Man. Um, I'm not so pleased to say that that, that school or college is now closed down so that okay. probably says how reputable it was <laughs> how find the bodies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so um it was just it was just something that you know a lot of the agents were flogging around so yeah. i think uh, you know it was it was either the isle of man or switzerland um and switzerland ah. was just way too expensive yeah switzerland's uh, got a reputation for, yeah, for yeah, training yeah, you know yeah, yeah hospitality for being expensive. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly switzerland was as soon as my father heard the the sort of the fee structure for Switzerland, you're like, you're definitely going to Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to Switzerland, you can forget about that. So yeah, I ended up in the Isle of Man and then, you know, I was there for about 15 months. I was, what was that, back in 2000? Uh, and I think I was there for about 18 months, 2000, 2001. That was the year when uh, we had the, the foot and map disease. So map. I remember foot and Yeah, mouth. so Great. the TT races got cancelled so because of the foot and mouth, very, very itchy. Yeah. Uh, but it was funny because if you'd, go into a normal pub mm-hmm. uh, and when I was 14 I still no- looked like I was 19, 20. A, a normal pub what, as opposed to a, a well, just a, bar or no, a, no, 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 okay. So if you just go into your average pub okay, right, it would just be mostly old men drinking. It was a very quiet town, yeah. right? Because um, we went in the capital of Isle of Man we were in a small town called Port Erin. Uh, yeah, because right. the capital's Douglas, isn't it? Capital's Douglas, yeah. You, but you've been into Douglas? Yeah, yeah many times. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I had to post a letter once. <laughs> <laughs> Only took an hour by bus. <laughs> it was the average journey that people would make. So, uh, so, yeah, but those pubs during TT weeks would just turn into a completely different place. Well, it's full right. of men in leather, isn't it? I mean... Uh, well, no, there was a lot of women on bar tops. You know, oh, okay. playing with all different for the benefit of the tape. And, for the benefit yeah. of the tape, <laughs> Ram is now smiling. <laughs> yeah, so I remember you. I'm not getting up on this table if that's what you're going to try. I mean, no, I screwed it together. Go. It's probably okay. not a good idea. Um, yes, no. I remember you saying you had a lot of good time. You were you were a bit of a, a winner with the ladies, I hear. No, 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 never, no, never, no, never. no, 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 no. <laughs> I was, um, yeah. Look, I was doing what any 18 year old, you know. Who's, yeah. who's about four and a half thousand miles away from his parents would do. And, so uh, this, this is still sounding like an 80s coming of age film. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get on to something more realistic. <laughs> okay, so after the Isle of Man for 15 months, where did you go then? Moved to London and I've been in London ever pretty since. much ever since, yeah. Cool. And then uh, when did you, I mean, what drove you to leather and colour lock? And so um, I obviously, you know, I was working in the hospitality trade, but once I'd, I'd been there for about, you know, doing that for about seven years, mm-hmm. I figured that this is not something that I see myself doing you know, 20, 30 years down the line. Um, and I thought if I, if, you know, times to change, if I wanted to change, now's the time to change. So yeah. I was looking at various different businesses, opportunities I could do as with most sort of people of Indian background. I tried my hand at accounting and, you know, oh, okay. uh, trying to be a doctor, but it just wasn't for me. I was trying to stereotype myself, let's put it that way, you know, but it didn't work out for me. <laughs> tried to remember uh, the appendix, turned up yeah. to your heart. It was a shame. <laughs> I gave me yeah. the money back. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just, you know, I was looking at various different things and I had a friend of mine who used to run a detailing business. Yeah. Um, and um, I started helping him out. Is he still doing it? Uh, no, he's, he's moved on to... You know, something Probably else job. now. He'd been doing uh, it for seven years and he decided that no, this isn't the thing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Sounds <laughs> familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> no, so I started oh, helping I him and that's he, when he was in his business, he used to have obviously a lot of high-end cars and they'd have, you know, sort of uh, pen marks and things like that, general leather issues. And that's when I started researching, you know, looking at various different things. And I came across a lot of UK-based companies, tried out products and tried my hand at sort of doing leather repair, but I wasn't getting much help. Mm. And that's how I found Kalock in, yeah. in Germany. Um, um, I actually approached Kalock in the UK at the time, but they weren't um, they weren't big into Kalock was a very niche part of what they did, and yeah. you know they, that wasn't. Um, oh, so who had Kalock before you? Uh, it was the guys who used to do Swisswax. Oh, uh, up uh, in Nesbro. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, Reed that was. Reed's well, that, that makes before, sense yeah. with the the. Swiss fax connection, whether it's official or not. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. No, it always used to be yeah. a, um, a, a very strong Swiss fax connection between Colourlock and... No, so the, the Swiss fax and Colourlock connection goes way back, mm-hmm. dates yeah. way back. Um, and I think that's... If I, you know, I'll, I'll happy to share the story with you as much as I know that it was basically um, George, the owner of Swiss fax, mm-hmm. you know, he heard of Colourlock, he went there, so saw... Is it George or Georg? 
Um, I can never remember. I think it's yeah, George. George. I think you're just uh, trying to make George. it sound yeah. sexier than it is. He's called George. Yeah. He's from Switzerland. Yeah. Oh, stupid, sexy gay orc. <laughs> <laughs> no, so George went to Colloc. Uh, you know, he was blown away by the product range and what the guys were doing there. And he said, "Look, I'm not going to try and reinvent, you know, the whole yeah. leather care range. I'm happy to just, you know, um, adopt like some of your products and, and sort of fit it into same like Gareth Therapy. I mean, Gareth Therapy done exactly the same, and they yeah. came to you and said, uh, "Well, what's the point in us trying to develop something when you've had a head start Why yeah just, they gave us know. clear sort of guidelines as to what they wanted their product to do and how mm -hmm. they wanted it to perform and you know once we had that we could then sort of you know i could liaise with our team at the hq and mm -hmm. and come up with a suitable at product Zilleda Zentrum. at Zilleda Zentrum, mm. yes so is uh, jay leno still working there he is very much cool. he's alive and kicking oh. yeah, you know? he's, he's grown a few inches taller i think has he by that Oh, yeah, but before we... I didn't know you mentioned it on a regular basis. He's just got taller, not longer. <laughs> right. I just uh, got my vertical. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's still there. So that's that's how um, the whole colloc um, story for me began. Yeah, right? you were basically a customer and then said, well, actually, I can... Yeah I, yeah, I had more questions and they said, look, just go to Germany. Went there for training. Over time, I, I was still using their products and doing things. I think they didn't want to, you know, the guys in Nairsborough didn't want to carry on with Colorlock anymore and it just sort of fell into my lap and that's how I, I, I began inherited with it. inherited it, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, well, yeah. that's cool. And, and what, roughly what year was that? What year did you take That on? was 2013, 2014. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which initially I thought, oh, that's quite recent. And then I thought, no, actually, that's nearly 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, seven, eight years ago yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that was sort of the beginning of, of Colloc for me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and so you've got the rights to say the rights to the UK and the US. Mm -hmm. um, Did now, start with that, of course. You no. know, it was just the UK to begin with. Yeah. Um, and then as we started expanding and growing within the UK, we were just getting more inquiries from the US. And, um, you know, they said that, look, you know, if you are getting these inquiries, why don't you just start dealing with it? Well, you speak the lingo for a start. Was, yeah. And it's, I can teach, you know, the UK and US, I suspect, has got a better trade arrangement. Well, I say that, but in, back in those days, a better yeah. trade arrangement than, than maybe Germany and the US did, although in those days, of course, we would have all been EU controlled. But, yeah. um, but the point is that now you have been going backwards and forwards around. Obviously, pre-pandemic, you went over and did a lot of training sessions over That's a number great. of years. Yeah. Um, and I always see, you know, you are one of the best best travelled of a kind of our regular visitors because it's always where's yeah. you know we ask where people are. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm busy in Croydon. Sorry, I'm I'm, I'm busy in you know Nantwich. Yeah. And then oh, uh, I'm just in Atlanta. Um, no, it's not something I like to brag about. I really don't. Uh, you know, I enjoy. The travel, um, but at the same time, it's time away from from family for me, and, yeah. and you know, it's not it's not ideal. Um, but I don't. Sorry, your wife's not listening to this. No, I know she isn't. No, but generally, <laughs> you know, uh, it's something I don't. You know, I, I if I would have you know uh, had the opportunity to do it differently, I probably would. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I'm here now, and I do enjoy it. It's great. I get to learn new things, get to see new places. Not everyone gets to do that, so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. thankful. Yeah. And what was interesting, because you're looking at basically setting up a, um, a US office HQ distribution center, yeah. so to speak, for for and being able to, because what's curious is that um, a lot of the products you do aren't just taking them off the shelf and putting them in a post because you've got to custom mix the paint. That's correct. And you're saying about 80% of that is going to be what we call custom mixed code. So somebody says, look, I'm terribly sorry, I've got a BMW E32 mm. and it's in this color. Yeah. Um, and uh, could you send me the paint for it sort of thing. Yeah. And there are some people who will send you the headrest from said Arthur yeah. E32 and say, can you match that? That's correct. And that's not something you can just do through Fulfilled by Amazon. No. Um, so it's more no. involved in that. So you kind of need a, a man or lady on the ground yeah. um, at, in America to do that mixing. And, and you're thinking, you know, if you're doing that, we were looking at the, you were looking at the prices of setting up a warehouse and um, a warehouse manager and, and the cost of employing people in America is even if you're paying them 60K, it's going to, dollars. Yeah. Then it's actually going to cost you ninety k in terms of costs. Yeah, um, yeah. with all the insurance and stuff you have to pay from, um, and that. So we were kind of just looking at the maths on that sort of things. But it is, it's interesting also that because it's so expensive to set up, they're generally considering actually just running it UK side. <sighs> Well, I mean, the ultimate goal is to have a team and a warehouse base there. That's yeah. that's what the aim is. But there's that's ways the you can yeah. go about doing that. You can either just, you know, just go and pack pack bags now and, and, and do that. But yeah. I think that would be a mistake, yeah. you know, uh, and it could end up costing quite a lot of money. Well, also, right? don't leave us. I mean, you can't. You can, well, UK yeah. is the best place in the world. Exactly. Yeah, you yeah. know, we've got, we've got the best weather everywhere, you know. Yeah. No, but I think on a serious note... Um, there are ways, there are different ways you can do it, yeah. right? There's one way would be to just 
pack up shop now and start setting up things Move there. But we don't else, know, yeah. right? The US, while it's uh, uh, the land of great opportunity, it's also... Hope and glory. Oh, no, yeah. is that England? Uh, no. <laughs> I can't remember. It's uh, the place where Alabama is. Yes. Is it England? Well, that's in America. Yeah. But the US... While it represents um, this great land of opportunity that it is, and I definitely believe that you know there's lots of opportunities in the US, mm. especially when we go from here, you, you just are exposed to something completely different. Everything is bigger. Everything's bigger to start with. And but people. at the same time, it's also been a bit of a graveyard for a lot of European businesses. Yeah. You don't hear about the failures, you just hear about the successes, mm. right? So you have to tread carefully because um, it's very easy to go there and blow you know, yeah. 100, 200 grand on something and you, you're you never going to see that money back. I was right? going to say, we, we, when we've spoken to people who have tried to enter the market over the before, uh, the one that comes to mind is, is is Dodo and they are moderately successful in, in, in the States, but mm. no, nothing compared to the household brand, if you like, that they are over here. Yeah. Um, and but G-Technic have made a great success. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Great success. Yeah. I'm, I'm, they, they said that their biggest problem is that people in the in in the US want to buy made in the US, mm. and they just see they see yeah. the, the the European brands as being a a niche brand, if you like. So more more boutiquey, but not the sort of thing that's not a commodity. If they had a choice between a European brand and an American brand, both did the same thing. They they choose the American brand every time. Did you yeah. do you find any kind of resi- well, resistance there's, there's, like that? There's definitely, um, you know, they, they they are patriotic. They love mm. sort of US-based brands. But when it comes to Europe, UK, um, they associate Europe and UK with with quality. Mm-hmm. Right? Which is weird because so they used to they have... They've got a lot of love for us over there. We used to... Mm. I mean, we send over Range Rovers and we used to send over Rovers and Triumphs and stuff, and yet they still associate us with quality. Yeah. Which is <laughs> but bonkers. They have but short I, memories as well, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think one thing is interesting is you, um, Color Locker is obviously a German brand, mm. and you were saying a lot of the demand is really for BMW, Mercedes, and the German brand of cars. So... Um, with a little knowledge on, on American history in, in the olden days, and I think it was in the 60s or so, if you drove a, a Japanese car, for example, they would burn it because obviously the war, but also the yeah. idea of getting an import with them. The big question with a car is, oh, do I get an import or a domestic? Hmm. And um, I'm guessing if they've already bought a BMW, then they're already kind of open-minded enough, but obviously misguided, um, to to consider an import product. I suppose they're yeah. not so thing. Where it's, I'm guessing you don't get too many orders for Cadillacs and Lincolns and Dodges and all the other cars that they have. No, we don't. Um, but there is, there's a lot of Japanese makes. Japanese cars are very, yeah. very popular. Oh, there. yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, but a lot of the cars are, are also made in the US. So while they're Japanese yeah. cars, they're still manufactured in well, the US, it, it, right? So if you think about Mercedes, all the SUVs, are made in the US. Yeah, even the ones that come over here. Yeah, w- worldwide. Yeah. yeah, worldwide. Same with BMW. No, BMW's Mexican. BMW X. BMW yeah, X. Well. Yeah. No, yeah. it's in in, in the US. Oh, a lot so of the X models are made in the US. Yeah. Um, uh, as well. Well, I know in Indiana there's a Subaru factory, mm. um, and it's interesting because a lot of people say, "Oh, I'm on lots of Subaru groups in the US." And strange enough, there's a whole group, and it's got loads for Subaru detailing. So specifically detailing Subarus <laughs> in in the US. Getting um, all that Labrador hair out. <laughs> <laughs> no, in the US it's different. In the US it's different sort of hair. Um, um, and um, different yeah. sort of eggs. <laughs> Human? <laughs> there's a joke. What, I'm not going to go down this What sort of forums are you on? This avenue, oh, there's, there's a lot of woodland in Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. take them out. They're just good boots. <laughs> well, it's quite funny because they'll say, oh, these are really unreliable, these bits. And I'm looking there and looking at my JDM built cars right. and um, and the American built cars. And the one that's, thing that's different is the in-car entertainment. And mm. I'm like, yeah, that's the bit that was built in America. That's <laughs> 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 really. Because people say, oh, Honda's much more reliable than Subarus. And I was like, no. Mm. Um, but no, my, my long way around point is that there, um, they talk about detailing products all the time. And mm. G-Technic is the number one. Every, every yeah. time they're talking about it, I'm sitting there going, God, you know, it's run by a bloke over in Northampton. I mean, obviously it's quite big and shiny and everything now, but it's still, it's a little English cottage industry, relatively speaking. Yeah. And here we have this group of super enthusiasts, so gods among men, um, throughout America, and all they can talk about is G-Technic products. Yeah. Um, so it, you can, when it comes to an example of, of a UK company breaking America, mm. I would say G-Tech's a, a, a yeah, and I think I think um, the one thing that I've noticed within the US is their expectations of customer service. You know, they, they do expect top quality service. Yeah, right. Um, which I think we, we're probably more relaxed about certain things here in the UK. We, we're okay when we, you know, you don't get exactly what you're asking. We, we put up with yeah, more things. We we right? don't need a happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I think in the US, the, that expectation is certainly very, very high, right? Yeah. So if someone's paying 
uh, a price of certain things that you know they're expecting good value they're expecting good service and i think part of uh, the 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 reason for the g technic success is is of course you know the 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 quality of the products yeah. but also the follow up support the team that they've got there um and it's not something that's been built up just in 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 a year or two it's taken them you know sort yeah. of 5 6 years to to get to the point where um they are they are now well they've had serum summit sir for at least 3 or 4 years because uh-huh. i remember yeah. things through there yeah, i yeah, do yeah. love the term serum summit I, part of me d- dislikes it's kind of focusing on one product. The other part of me likes it because it it's alliterative. See, I, I remember when they first brought out uh, Crystal Serum and I, I talked to people, I go, Serum, that's not a great like name, medicine. is it? Mm. It's, oh, quite, yeah, Medicinal. Quite, yeah, which ain't a mm. bad thing. It's, it's, no, yeah, no, it doesn't that. taste like medicine. I and doesn't it, I also find it tastes that it like burn. clogs up your throat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, crystallizes really quickly there. Um, so you're right. I mean, in, in terms of building up that US market, it's not just getting the products to customers. And that's the other thing people don't realize is because America is so damn big, overland service, particularly if you're selling solvents and you need to use yeah. your, your primary, um, whatchamacallit, yeah. and you can't just bung it in with USPS. No. We looked from a magazine point of view of getting shipment, you know, one center in America to ship throughout. Mm. And the overland prices were pretty similar, certainly East Coast, yeah. to... Um, shipping it from here so yeah. it's like god everything costs a fortune there but as so you were saying last mile isn't it? it yeah it is I mean we have the same problem in Australia in that we get some if somebody lives in Sydney or one of the big cities mm. it can get there and they pay for the premium postage which is extortionate right um, but if they pay for that they can get it within about two weeks but there are god. people and it's taken eight or nine weeks yeah and then you just quietly google google maps their address yeah and it's when you have to zoom out to the level that the whole of the UK would normally be covered and you can still only see one other house that yeah. you realise they're remote. And the thing is, is that kangaroos are not as good a post person as you'd expect. They've got the marsupial pouch, they've got the big ears, you'd think they'd be perfect, but they keep on getting run over by trucks. I don't know if you saw the exchange I had with uh, someone uh, on Instagram the other day and he, he, he'd ordered a magazine and for some reason it, it'd just taken yeah. ages to get over there because it's got to go with the oh yeah Possum the, Parade the, yeah I know <laughs> and he lives in somewhere called Possum Parade and I asked him to send me a photo of this parade of possums <laughs> and I tried to make the same joke because I'd seen that joke I tried to make the same joke with our local Sillington postmistress she looked at me very blankly <laughs> and thought I was even weirder than normal what's a possum? <laughs> no 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 she's, she's, she's hello there possum. No, 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 so I've just got Dame Edna in my head now <laughs> <laughs> possums what is a possum i don't it's know a, it's a, a small marsupial. oh okay is it marsupial, marsupial or is it rodents isn't it? but it's not the same thing no 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 marsupials are a completely different like marsupials are kangaroos and um there are other things i didn't know we were going to have a bit of natural history i bloody love natural <laughs> history um but no i think a possum is like a large it's kind of more beavery no it's ratty it's ratty i'm sure i'm sure a possum is it's got a long nose marsupials have pouches, pouches for yeah. Their yeah, yeah, yeah. Young, don't they or six pack of beer if it's an australian <laughs> or a backpack yeah, yeah. you know there are, backpack. there are either i think there are either camels in africa no camels in australia or kangaroos in africa it's one of the two they imported exported to each other and it was a it was little known fact that yeah i mean it's not very clear fact but yeah there's... <laughs> anyway look it up damn it saudi arabia imports sand from australia because the really? sand there is no good for building Wow. wow. It's, okay. it's desert That's, sand. So we are around. enriching the lives of our listeners. I, uh, I want to know the person who pulls over or who goes and gets the, the, <laughs> the phone out to Google about kangaroos. And I want you to comment and tell me which way around it is so I can learn something from you. Um, so that's the US market. Now, what I am thinking... Sorry, sorry. possums are marsupials. They are marsupials? Yes. Because your telephone... I, mean, I, 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 I can give you the entire breakdown, but it is... A, no, 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 we're running out of time. Um, so, in fact, what we're going to do is take a little break, and then we yeah. are going to return, uh, and we're going to talk about, actually, leather. And cool. leather-related stuff and rubbing leather and everything to do with leather. So, uh, <laughs> until then, thank you. Hello, everybody. I hope you've been enjoying this Pro Detailer Magazine podcast. I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that Christmas is around the corner and we offer the Pro Detailer Magazine subscription, which you can gift. Uh, So if you have any friends or family who are into detailing or perhaps you want to get them into detailing and show them what it's all about, uh, we have the answer for you. It won't break the bank. And all you have to do is order the Pro Detailer Magazine subscription on the website and put the delivery address to be that of your friend or family member. Uh, The website site is prodetailermagazine.com and it shouldn't take more than a couple minutes to sort out. Anyhow, back to the podcast. 
And we're back, and we're here with Ram talking all things Ram, color lock, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But now I'm going to change the subject, and we are going to talk about leather. Uh huh. And what's really interesting, we are doing an article in issue 14 of the magazine, available mm. if you subscribe now at ProDetailerMagazine.com, and um, there we are doing a bit of a mess. very subliminal work. It is, yeah, totally. I've even noticed it. They I saw that notice. post yesterday. <laughs> there was a post yesterday, wasn't there? Did you, did you uh, guys yeah, post something yesterday on Instagram? Instagram? Day before, I think. Yeah, yeah. We, day we were testing leather, and everybody was wondering. We asked, "What do you think we're doing?" And that was a bit of an unfair post because I gave no actual clue to what we were doing, yeah. other than and, and, very abstract view through a, micro, a, a microscope a lens, a little lens. And and you were um, the one replying to people on um, on Instagram, taking an awful lot of joy and telling them that they're wrong. I saw you using big X's and stuff like that to, to <laughs> yes. people who we know are into leather and stuff like that, making. But um, anyway, um, we were in fact cackling in the in the uh, in the library at home with the brand is coming <laughs> no no to be fair if I, I felt actually used a decent photo then someone would have got it and yeah. figured it out well what we were actually doing was seeing what damage uh, if any a magic sponge does to uh, leather right. and various other sort of myth busting things around mm. that so uh, our actual results will all be in the magazine but what we wanted to talk about is uh, the basically the don'ts with leather because we see a lot of people out there um, doing things to leather that make us cringe um, and mm. I'm, I'm no most, most on specialist websites. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That should stretch like that. <laughs> <laughs> I can still see the hole. Um, the cow's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> that was Star Wars, and it wasn't the cow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know, because there are certain things you see people like. For example, for me, it's steaming leather. Mm. So we've got Ram leather expert here. We've got Ian, who's really into his leather too. To be fair, yeah. Um, what do you? What's Wings your don't work? on podcaster <laughs> no, no they don't but they still make me feel uneasy so mission success um what's your interpret well what, to steam or not to steam when it comes to leather would you would you steam leather i wouldn't i think um while it can give good results it's a very high risk approach mm -hmm. to clean leather you don't need to don't need to do that yeah right because the risk is that you could damage the whole thing completely Right, and and that can then be a very very expensive mistake. Yeah. Right. What's the primary thing that's going to be damaged? Is it going to be the, the, the top coat on pigmented leather, or is it going to be if you? Well, the the, the actual structure so, of leather soaking it through to soaking the actual it through the moisture underneath. level, yeah. the moisture content inside leather. So leather has a balance of moisture and oils, mm -hmm. right? It's not one more than the other. That's why you know even a conditioner has that got got to have that balance of moisture versus conditioning products or oils or antioxidants and all that to maintain stuff. turgidity well yeah you could call it that yeah yeah no. I wouldn't, but you can <laughs> <laughs> so um, but, th but this is this is the um the kind of the the, the myth um myth game of table tennis that's gone backwards and forwards over the years of what you can and can't use or what you should use on leather and it started off with people um, possibly oversimplifying things with PU and saying, okay, you're basically putting a, a plastic coating on top of leather, so using a conditioner isn't doing anything because it's just putting a piece of oil on top of plastic. Which I have to admit, I, I, I fell for that. But, but, thought, but, but that's the thing, enough people were saying it, so it obviously became true. That, yeah. That's how internet works. And then it flicks back now where actually that's not completely untrue for the first few years of mm. newly coated leather it is a very it's, it's not a, a permeable coat and such but as it wears yeah. down as it ages then you do um it's more receptive it's more receptive to, to, to think it has, a, it has a vapor barrier i think is the, the the term that's yeah it's very vapor permeable vapor permeable so yeah, you, you can you, you put these these conditions on the top and whilst not whilst it's not going to magically soak in like it would with some like animal leathers yeah. etc it's still going to transmit Penetrate. the oils penetrate through to, yeah. the, to the actual hide underneath and make it useful yeah yeah absolutely and again that the, that the three years that we're that we're stipulating is not a magic number oh, it's just it's, that's just to give you yeah. that's just to give people an idea to so again the, the, right? the same with steam as well in that case works because then if it's brand new leather then the steam won't necessarily penetrate through to the hide underneath. If it's a couple of years old or something like that, then that's when the moisture can start to go through, and then you've got, you've got damp hide underneath. Yeah, with steam, you're almost to go. the risk is that you're pushing a lot of steam through the surface, and then you've also got stitch holes. You've got it's uh, just the, going the, in the, there. Yeah, what do you call it? The perforated leather. Yeah, like and that. then you know if the foam underneath gets really wet. 
mm-hmm. you know, then you've got possibly mold issues. And it's got nowhere, you know, nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. So it it's, it's all down. those reasons why I would say, well, the result is not that much better than just grabbing a leather cleaner and, and, mm. and cleaning it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I mean, why not just clean it as as normal? It is it, it is a thing. I mean, in general detailing practice, the principle is always use the mildest option possible first. I mean, hell, yeah. you and and other leather companies will have well, a lot of them have a mild cleaner and then an, an aggressive cleaner. And your mild yeah. cleaner is a sort of water based detergent, foaming. water based. You know, for probably about five five and a half pH, so pH balanced cleaner. Yeah, you know that with the brush gives you. A very very good clean and if it's just you know generally in in, in decent condition already you don't need to use the more aggressive uh, solvent cleaner solvent cleaner or well, the, the, more str- even the stronger cleaner isn't it yeah and that, that's similar to what the older saddle soaps used to be yeah yeah so saddle soaps again you know you know i've had people ask me why why wouldn't you use saddle soaps and i'll just say look it's not can- saddle <laughs> exactly well to, to start with you know it's you like know. a horse yeah it's just it's just slightly aggressive you know yeah. you don't need to use something that aggressive to just have a clean interior it's not not necessary right yeah oh i got you there and and again it's it's like with a magic sponge and what's what's the new thing that's hit the market that people were talking about is it new the scrubber dubbers yeah yeah no they, they look like really useful bits of kit and just like anything else it's, it's kind of it's basically like a little microfiber sponge, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. From from what I can see, but th- there's there's obviously a, a very vocal minority of people who on on, on various forums or whatever that have automatically turned and said, "No, oh, that's going to damage leather completely." You mean the people who don't sell it? Yes. <laughs> and that they they're doing that a, a to make themselves feel like they know what they're talking about. Yeah. And b because they've probably read somewhere that, for instance, microfiber, microfiber would damage leather. Well, it will. It will eventually. Uh, yeah, anything technically that's remotely abrasive, be it microfiber or or the skin of a newborn baby, it doesn't matter. It'll still damage. It's, all, it's you, all about doing know. these things by degrees. And I think we, we were just talking uh, in, in the in the break about this, and it's 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 similar to saying when you're machine polishing a car. Yeah. If you machine polish your car once a year, that's absolutely fine. You know your 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 paint will last as long. As you Use a heavy dry. cart and yeah. do whatever you want to do. Right? If you machine polish your car once a week, then <laughs> by that logic, machine polishing is damaging to your vehicle. Yeah, and you and shouldn't yeah. do it. Uh, to be fair, I saw there was a post on one of the big American forums. Exactly that, and the guy he was sort of having a go. It was this? I, I presume either self declared or he was highly respected, but but a, kind of a big cheese in, mm. in the detailing thing. I think it was Texas somewhere. Uh, was saying, guys, you've got to stop polishing customer cars so much and going, you know, and they're hitting it with heavy cuts, some are wet sanding, you know, on a regular basis because then the next man down the line who's, who's got to polish it doesn't have any clear coat to pay with. Mm. Which is valid in some yeah. ways. And again, that goes back to doing the um, uh, doing the, the, the least damaging option, yes. as it were. So if you can remove a scratch um, using a very gentle mild cut, there's no point in going full bald steep heavy cut yeah. on yeah. there. But equally, if you've got a, microns of paint, yeah. But equally, if you've got a, a, a very stubborn stain mm-hmm. that you're trying to clean, mm-hmm. and your average cleaner isn't working. Then well, step it up. Then, then, yeah. yeah, try try a magic sponge. Yeah, not, you know, just yeah. you just try it. You know, I'm you're not, not trying to restore something, something in the National Gallery. No, yeah. you know, you you don't want to you don't want to use magic sponge as a daily regular go to cleaning tool for your leather interior. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. But if I came across a stain that was very difficult to remove, it's not happening. And I knew that all I had to do here was to clean, strip off the clear coat, and repaint it anyway. Mm. I know that's my worst case. Well, I'm I'm not going to mind then trying to have a go with the magic sponge first. And this is this is a, a fair point actually because. Um always it's kind of the risk assessment and the options are if you're faced with a stain that doesn't come off with a mild cleaner and a strong cleaner your options are either have a hack with something like a magic sponge which does increase the risk um, uh, or leave it be and the thing is when it comes to your customer if you're competent at repairing leather and you've got all the kit there and there's budget for it why not and particularly if the customer's demanding it goes however if your customers and this is the thing I see with detailers anyway is that you know that they can see much more than the customer often and yeah. so they'll want to go further than what technically is being budgeted for yeah. and taking the risk. And again, it's like with the scratches. Is I've seen people who have, um, you know, wet sanding over and over again to try and get rid of a scratch mm. and they end up burning through and, and basically causing damage. And actually the customer would have been happy just by, you know, yeah. rounding off the edges and, and making it look kind of better. Maybe less noticeable 90% of the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, magic sponge, I presume people are still using a cleaner of some sort anyway. It'd probably be combined with an APC or something like that, which is alkaline, which can... 
So again, okay. if you're using an APC, you know, people say APCs are bad. Well, APCs under wrong dilutions are definitely bad. Yeah. Right? Um, but if it's an APC that's been tested and if you're using the correct dilution ratios... Yeah, it's not, it's not so bad. And again, it's this, as you say, it's the Chinese whispers of the internet is that people um, don't, you know, APC is a very variable feast, both in terms of concentration and in terms of makeup. I mean, not mm. all APCs are strong alkalines, mm. necessarily. Um, so it's, we've got these uh, these new sugar-based ones that are coming out yeah. all over the place. Um, Bill, Bill, Bill Hammers Hamm are the sugar ones. Mm. Yeah. Um, Somebody else brought one out as well. Bill Hammer did a sugar, was it a sugar-based snow foam as well? There was something very yeah. bizarre. Sugar-based snow foam? Yeah. Yeah, so it's using you. You, it's not that concentrated. It's not just. It's not as easy as pouring a uh, a, a bag of Tate and Lyle into a bottle of water. Because I tried no. that, okay. it didn't no, work. It didn't work, it didn't no, work okay. so well. <laughs> so you just made tea instead. Yeah, <laughs> that is basically my tea. A yeah. bag of snow foam tea. Ian likes three scoops in his tea. Really? Yeah, wow. and okay. some sugar. <laughs> Again with the winking. Why am I winking so much? Um, but no, and uh, so what other big things do you see, Ram, that people do to their leather, and it kind of makes you think, uh, let's not do that because you're, you're taking a risk, sort of thing. You, you're very much. There's no wrong way to do things, aren't you? Well, I mean, there are, there are personal, wrong ways to do yeah, it. But that, that's my personal take on it, right? Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't been doing this for about seven, eight years now. I'd say you, you can, you've got to do something bad consistently for a good period of time before you cause irreversible damage. Oh, I don't know. I hit a tree, did it once. Well, with leather, obviously, with leather. right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, in terms of cleaning leather or conditioning yeah. leather, right? So if you put a uh, if you put some protector on in the first three years, well, you're not going to cause any damage, right? Mm. It's just not necessary, right? Um, but I think steam cleaning is something that I've heard, you know, it just seems to be quite popular in the US. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think um, in the UK, while we've spoken about, you know, while there's all these myths and whatever, I think most professional detailers, when I see how they're sort of clean, their, clean the customer's vehicles, the interiors and things like that, it's, it's pretty much a good standard. I'd say, yeah. you know, we're, we're up at a good standard. You know, I don't think we're, what we're doing here in the country is not, it's not so far back or, you know, completely out of sync with, yeah. you know, how it should be done. Well, one, one other thing that's quite interesting is the move, and they're sort of moving away slightly from cleaning leather, but it's relevant, mm. which is um, the move towards a vegan interiors and mm. also how um, leathers have changed. So the, the background is yeah. uh, I had to do a, 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 we were at a funeral, I was moving the family around, mm -hmm. and I've got a 22-year-old Audi. Yeah. Put my dad in the back, and now he normally drives a like one-year-old A3 okay, cool. thing. Uh -huh. And um, he got and he said, your leather is so much nicer than my leather. Mm. And yet it's both Audi leather. It's both the same color, more or less. Yeah. But he said yours is so much softer. It's so much nicer. It's sort of a feels more genuine. Mm. Whereas his one, now he didn't pay the, they wanted something like five and a half grand for Nappa leather or, or mm. something, which is just, Nappa's just a process as well as a place. Nappa's a smooth smooth leather. Yeah. yeah. Right. And and um, what was intriguing, and I've seen this in more and more because I had a, a Kurtzy car recently, a brand new one. And the leathers nowadays feel different. And mm. there's a lot more fake leather around, and I've, yeah, and and coming across that, and particularly with the vegan leather, you can get the new Range Rover, which is mm. very cool. That's just been mm. released. Um, yeah, Do you know the big problem with vegan leather, yeah, is that the vegans don't eat enough protein. So when you skin them to make the seats, <laughs> it, it, it's just very, very, very thin. You have, you have to stretch it a lot further, and you get judged every time you get in the car. I, mean, I, yeah. I assume that's how they make vegan leather. <laughs> vegan, I mean, there's there's various things, right? So with vegan leather, they use like Tesla claim to use apple peels. Mm -hmm. Okay. In their leather that supposedly cool. supposedly helps um, uh, with decomposition, right? Just so eventually, when all the Tesla seats end up in a landfill, yeah, right. Um, if they're a hundred percent vinyl, they're not going to decompose, oh, right? Whereas genuine leather will decompose. It will decompose once to, the lithium leaks all over the car. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and in order to aid that process, what Tesla claim to do is they use apple peels, right? Now. I don't think that there are many Tesla cars that have ended up in a landfill yet or Tesla seats that have ended up in a landfill, so we don't know, only time will tell. They, they right? still, lots of Californians have been killed in Teslas. I mean, there are plenty of accidents that have happened okay. in Tesla. So, yeah, I wouldn't yeah, probably, be surprised. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know results of it, but that's that's that, that's vegan leather. There's, mm -hmm. there's something new called as eco-leather um, and um, where they're using olive leaf tanning. That's, that's starting mm -hmm. to become very okay. prominent. So something called as... Vegetable tanning was very, very popular back in the day. In fact, that was the only sort was of known the tanning. Bark, wasn't it? Yeah, bark yeah. to trees, shrubs, and yeah. all of that. That's what we're used to, to tan leather, right? But 
deforestation was a major issue. People are cutting down a lot of trees just to make more leather seats and things like that. Yeah. So what they've now looked at is olive leaf tiling. So if you look at olive plantations, all the leaves yeah. usually just fall on the ground and are just thrown away, mm -hmm. right? So now they use those leaves to tan leather. So exactly. it's a, essentially a waste material. What would have been yeah. a waste material is now being repurposed and put to good use to to make to make leather. Yeah, kind of like which, the vegan which, leather. Yeah, waste product. <laughs> <laughs> but um, with those, because you were using the word tan, so a, a typical top coat leather that we'd use in a car is painted rather than tanned, isn't it? Well, it's tanned first. Oh, it's so all tanned, tanned, otherwise yeah. it will rot. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, I see. So tanning so stops the, 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 the decaying process. Gotcha. Yeah, and it used yeah. to be uh, mostly chromium, which is apparently really bad for yeah, people, it is. and got into wells, and there was a whole thing in the 70s yeah. about it, and the, uh, the, yeah. the synthetic one as well, which yeah. took over from it, which I don't actually know that much about the synthetic tanning. Well, it's just chrome-free tanning. That's what synthetic tanning is. Okay, no, it's, it's just it's without not, chromium. It's not a, it's yeah. not a specific they uh, use chemical. No, so you still use the chemicals, but yeah. not chromium-free. Okay. Yeah, they've stainless steel, I think. Well, that was easy. I didn't, I didn't need to admit, I didn't know anything about it. Apparently, that's all there is to know. Well, the tanning pits, I, I, did, I watched a programme on it, and it was somewhere... That's I one think over in Wiltshire. Really? Yeah. Well, this one was in, I think, North Africa somewhere, and it was all these pits with hundreds of people working there, and yeah. none of them had any teeth, and they were all I mean, North, North Africa Ill. is renowned for its high welfare of its workers. But Bristol, yeah. there's, a, there's a tannery in Bristol, very well-known. Oh, you know, yes, vegetable. probably not much worse condition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, you know, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's great. You know, I think they make a lot of cricket ball leather. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think we know about them. I think we researched they, them. They make the leather. I was reading something the other day about the uh, the budget and the, the red briefcase he, hang, he, uh, he holds yeah. up. Yeah. And th those are called... Uh, government document brief uh, boxes or something like that yeah, and there's yeah. one company that's made them since uh in the lot for the last 200 years and they're all um covered in leather and they also have a lead lining in them as well lead lining yeah oh, okay. but they're, 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 they're all made in the in the uk with uh, uk tanned leather yeah, I mean, we, we still make a lot of leather yes. here in the UK. I always thought it was just Italians and stuff like that. Did it? No. Yeah. no, no, no. Um, not that many cows in Italy. No. If you think about the amount of Italian leather that's generally made. Maybe yeah. they bring the cows in. Yeah, they do. They do, yeah. 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 Or they make them out of Italians. <sighs> I'm, I'm, supposed to, I'm supposed to be the dark joke person. You've completely yourself. Anyway, with that, we are going to round off this lovely little podcast with yourself, Ram, with uh, 10 quickfire questions. Okay. So, um, I'm now. Not good at quickfires, but let's, let's try. Let's try. Let's try. That's not what she said. Um, so, <laughs> what, think, what is what? I was going to say, I think, I think PJ did give us a, a 20 second pause in between one of the questions while he was considering his answer oh, okay. the other day. So, so yeah. Yeah. Oh, all, all Wait, of this can be we'll edited, ask you them sure. quickly. But, yeah. you know, apparently you, you can take as long as you like. Right. <laughs> I'll text it to you later. <laughs> uh, what is your current car? Uh, current car is a, a, a Volvo V60, which is a courtesy car. It's brand new. Okay. Only been done about two and a half thousand miles. But I, I was involved in a minor car accident last week. Oh, I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, got what, hit. What, Someone got just hit. bumped into me um, okay. while I was, was stationary like at a roundabout. Um, got Love hit that. by a Dacia Duster. A Dacia Duster? You got, yeah. you got taken up the rear by a Romanian Renault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm driving uh, a courtesy car. What, what did the Romanian hit? Oh, the the tailgate completely. No, no, no. Is it, yeah, what is what is your actual car rather than the Volvo XC? Oh, okay, BMW three three twenty diesel estate. Oh, okay. a blue one. Yeah, you were blue. No, grey, grey one. No, you had a blue one. Yeah, yeah, saw that. Oh, okay, saw that. fine. Yeah, yeah that, was that was that was a classic. That got James a little kind of excited. I saw yeah, him yeah, rubbing yeah. himself against it, and that was an E thirty. That was an E forty six. E forty six. E forty six. Yeah, gotcha. But your current ones are modern. Yeah, no one here, yeah. Okay. relatively. Well, Relative. 2015, 2015 modern-ish. Yeah. Still 10 years younger than any of my cars. Um, first car, well, this doesn't make sense for you, but first car you detail. So let's say the first... Uh, first leather, leather repair. Yeah, first leather repair that you did, automotively speaking. The one that sticks out Bentley in Continental GT. Oh, so and you went in with was, a nice easy car with very little and I Yeah, I was under the cosh, really. I was yeah. just, yeah... It was. I learned a lot that day. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't. I didn't earn any money. Look how much a man can sweat. Yeah. <laughs> Bentley, so lots of cocaine to remove, I suppose. But. <laughs> um, what is your dream car? Aston Martin DB9. Nice. I like that. That's interesting. You nearly. Saw or a Jaguar XKR. I, I okay. feel like that's a a poor man's. Uh, Aston. DB9 kind yeah. of thing yeah sort of similar yeah yeah no Aston DB9 I find them intimidating you you like you nearly sold me one didn't you a long time DB9s DB11s DB11s I was really in love with the DB11s and the DBS I think that's yeah. where that, uh, 
anything after that, I'm not, I'm not loving Mercedes. the, the yeah. Aston so much. I don't know why. I, I think the DB11s, the DBSs, so the 2010, 2011, I really yeah. like. Well, they were yeah. pretty Astons. Yeah. The more recent Mercedes ones are probably much better. Mm. But for me, I kind of agree with you. I don't yeah. get excited. I mean, I don't get excited by supercars anyway because you can't go through a. Yeah, and I think that was when I was sort of starting to get into Top Gear as well. Yeah. And I think I remember Clarkson driving around, DB11s, DBSs yeah, testing out. That yeah. was the, the, they were sort of great episodes, a great time when I didn't have much to do in life and I just had nothing but time and you know, so watch Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'll do when I retire. It's just like, right, Grand Tour, Top Gear, on repeat. Exactly. I've started Fifth Gear from the very beginning. Oh, wow. And going back through it. You it's just want to watch Vicky, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Vicky, I, well, Vicky, I mean, I don't want to do a, do a name drop here, but I have actually worked with Vicky. I know, you've said yeah, many yeah. times. For a whole day. And uh, yeah, no, uh, yes, she's so You said about the XKR, and the only thing I can actually find memorable about the XKR is the driver's seat rotates. What, just what slightly, you so you can adjust your driving position left and right. Oh, really? As well. Yes. Are you sure it wasn't just loose? <laughs> Possibly. Because they put, they put a button on there to cover you up in that case. <laughs> <laughs> that would have no, I like an XKR. If it was the original I XKR. That only happens in caravans. Or Renault Spaces. Oh, does it? Yeah, you can spin Crown the Crown Imperial. Crown Imperial, you can go all the way around. Yep. That's a very cool one to do. Yeah. Go. Look at us in our car. specific knowledge. So this quick fire round. Uh-huh. Um, when you're, did you have you ever cleaned a car yourself? I have. Yeah. Yeah. How many buckets did you use? I was. I spoke to a detailer before, and hence used two. Two. There we go. Yeah. You nearly. Oh. Yeah. Save. Save from the brink. That. Save from the yeah. brink. Um, so when it comes, when you but the w- first time I did it, I didn't use a bucket at all. Just, what, just cupped hands or something? Just, just yeah, a trowel full of gravel. Just a little hose pipe. You know, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and again, we ask whether you prefer a ceramic or a wax, which um, probably... Wax, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. yeah wax is yeah. good. That's good. Actually, elephant we, wax. Yeah. <laughs> do you use <laughs> no. elephant wax on your car? <laughs> no. I don't have a leather seat in my car. I just don't want to... No, on the actual car. Uh, no, outside, no. Make you really <laughs> well, it would shine, wouldn't it? Hang on, you let the bit of a clang of that. It'd be you, dirty and shiny. You, uh, what do you think about that? <laughs> that's how I like them, baby. Um, you just left a massive clang of there. Um, you are a leather expert who runs a big leather company, and you've got a fabric interior in your car. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Don't want... Just, just can't be asked. Just, <laughs> don't want the pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, know, imagine, imagine being... Yeah, you know, having terrible leather seats in my own car. I just don't want the pressure. It's just how many just times have you had to redo your own steering? You know, I think I think it's videos. just the top of the the top of the armrest. That's the only bit that's leather, and I think the steering wheel, yeah. which is shiny as anything. You know. Well, I wouldn't worry too much. I mean, it's it's we obviously work in in the detailing industry, and our cars are absolutely pristine. Yeah, I'm, I'm yet I mean, to meet a detailer know. who's got a clean car, uh, uh, the one that, not, or a clean van. Unlikely to be a successful one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, that, actually, I'll take that back because there are some. Yeah, I've got a day car, I'm not successful. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so more quick fire questions. Ferrari or Porsche? There's no right answer. Porsche. Uh, interesting. That's definitely winning over Ferrari mm. on, on average here. Mm. Uh, there is a wrong answer for this one Subaru or Mitsubishi? I know where you live, Ram. Be careful. Only for now. <laughs> Just because I love you, but Mitsubishi. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Subaru. I know you love you Subaru. There you go. I couldn't care less, to be honest. I don't like either of them, but, you know, it's just... Oh, you. I was going to ask if you wanted <laughs> to keep your left or your right leg, but you're going oh. to lose both Subaru, of them. Subaru, <laughs> Subaru. Subaru, Subaru. Um, and again, Flex or Rupes? Oh. For all the flex. machine polishing leather I'll, you do. I'll stick with the Germans, Flex. Yeah. yeah, yeah. stick on a German. That's the way to do it. Um, and when would, what would be your dreaming But they have up their game, haven't they? Flex, is, flex have considerably oh, up their game in the last year, two years, I think. I'm not, you know, I'm not a detailer by trade, but I obviously... Well, then I'm, they're I'm surrounded given, by given detailers, so I do... 2007, they're only real... Uh, no, 2012, 13, even, their only real release was the X... No, the, the BRG. Yeah. Mm. That was kind of the only major thing they did in that time. And then, yeah, in the last few years, they bought out one, two, three, four. Yeah, but I remember five, speaking six. to someone, but I remember speaking to someone uh, um, from Rupes at SEMA a few years ago. Uh, Marco, I think his name was. He was just so informative. The guy yeah. just had uh, oh, both, very, very, very knowledgeable. Very, yeah, it's we can choice, ask the yeah. question because they're so comparable in terms of, you know, they're both yeah. at the top of their game for various mm. different reasons. Um, what has been, we, we need to wrap this up, but what has been your favorite? interior leather repair detail that you've ever done what's been the one that sticks in your mind as your the one that just was the most satisfying most effective it was one with uh, I think it was a it was, was a, it a black Audi bolster <laughs> no it was a BMW with contrast stitching um, and um, I 
you know, I wasn't, I wasn't too keen on doing it, but once I started doing it, I just started, you know, figuring my way out it, mm. you know, and I, I, I really enjoyed, I enjoyed the process, but I've, I've, I've also, um, done, uh, um, restored a lot of leather in restaurants, like high end restaurants in London. Mm -hmm. Uh, and this was in the middle of the night. And when you're trying to color match in the middle of the night, you know, it's, it's hard work, but had they you, not given you permission to go in there or something. Where were you doing at the middle of the night? Well, the restaurants, you know, the, the restaurants oh. are operational during the day. Oh, okay. So they only close. So the only Fair time enough. you can do it is at night. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And that's where I, I, I learned so much about restoring aniline leather because all these restaurants. So one of them was the Claridge's as well, where we went and, you know, sort of oh, wow. did all, uh, a lot of work there. So yeah, there's a lot of, not just, if you, if you asked me for the car, I'd probably say that BMW that I did, mm -hmm. um, which is a while back, but you know, um, just sort of best leather repair that I've ever done probably, you know, has to be one of the restaurants because, you know, there's a lot of challenges that you're trying to deal with at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever watch BBC Parliament and just look at those green seats? Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> House of Lords, House of Commons. They yeah. look great. Wimbledon, I'm, you know, I'm a tennis fan. Please, so I love, yeah. you know, the Royal box at Wimbledon it'd be nice to it was getting the royal box um, <laughs> just to repair some leather I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> that's the excuse yeah, no. try and catch a ball like David Becker maybe like he did I don't know if you saw that no isn't he a football player yeah but he went to watch Wimbledon he was at the he was at the royal oh, box okay. and, yeah, yeah. yeah it's just you know everything that Beckham does is, is cool isn't it is it he does whiskey doesn't he or perfume or something yeah something like that which don't know don't care yeah. it's, it's just as far as I'm concerned his whiskey's not very good though I don't, I don't, I just don't. It, it, if Colin McRae bought out a cider, which is highly unlikely, I would I would get drunk on that every day of, of the week. But but I just don't care about footballers. Um, anyway, Sunday driver or Sunday detail? Which would you prefer? Sunday to driver. Damn straight. Damn straight. Cool. Okay, well, Ram, thank you so much for coming Pleasure. all the way Pleasure here. Pleasure as always. And sharing your wisdom and your great stories and your smile and all the other good things about you. It, it counteracts the natural grumpiness and, and, and misery that we... We, we can't we leave have. it so long. Before we meet the next time, I think. No, yeah, no. We well, we just to... try not to have COVID-22. We'll be I fine. Know. We should plan our road trip again. I think, I think that'd be fun. I think that would be a lot of fun. I think it'd be like, well, we're going to Italy in a couple of weeks, so... Uh... Well, I need a bit more notice. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was going to say, I'll send you a postcard. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> buy you a T-shirt, something like that. Cool. Okay, Cookie. Well, until next time, Ram, uh, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye mm -hmm. from me. And goodbye from me too. Ta-da. 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 <laughs>